Come on, how many of you are excited to be in God's presence today, be in the house? The house of God, I want to welcome our Lancaster family, everyone tuning in online with us right now. It's just an honor to have you with us. Man, we are in a series of conversations talking about this one truth that we really believe as Christ followers that we're believing for our church especially in the season. And so if you're new with us, we're actually in week two of a series of conversations called Exceed. And, and the idea behind this word, which we love this idea of going beyond or above, really comes from a truth that the Apostle Paul prayed over an early church almost 2,000 years ago. That, by the way, I just want you to know that if you're in church today or part of a church today, that you're part of the exact same church that Paul prayed for almost 2,000 years ago. They were all one. This is exactly what Jesus' picture was as he started the church. And there's a promise and a truth that he prayed. And that's kind of what my heart is in the series is I want this for every single person who's a part of our church. And I'm believing it over the season and the vision that's in front of us as we move into a new year of ministry. And there's a lot of exciting stuff happening in 2020. And so I, wanna, I want us to get this verse deep into our spirit. In fact, my goal is, by the time we're done with this, that you will have Ephesians 3.20 memorized. You may not know anything else about the Bible, but my goal is that you will have it so deep inside of you, you won't need to see it. And so I want us to get it. I'm going to ask them to stick it up on the screen. But here's what I want you to do. Would you all just stand up with me? We're going to say this verse out loud together. And, I, and why I stand up? Because sometimes when you move, it jogs your memory. And it'll get you to kind of change levels so that you can get it inside of you. I want us to read this. Now, here's, the, here's my challenge. You may not be there yet, but my goal is I want you to memorize this. And every week, I'm gonna, we're going to say it together. And so I'm, I'm going to be looking because when you've got it memorized and we do this, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Close your eyes and say it with us. All right? Is there anybody here that has this verse memorized right now that you want to just try it? Okay. Oh, Hunter, you look like you want it to today, everybody. Ephesians 3.20. Let's just all say it together. We're going to get it, all right? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Great job, Hunter. You guys can be seated. Hunter had his eyes closed and he covered them. He just wants everybody to know he's holier than you are, that he knows the Bible better than you do. I just, I, I want you to be able to get that inside of you. And if you're new here, uh, whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you're just exploring faith, um, I just want you to know that this series of conversations is a little bit different than what we normally do. Uh, I'm going to be sharing, I guess, in some family conversations. You know, you know what it's like when you have family matters. And, and so what we've been talking about starting last week and throughout this is really about what we're believing God for in this next year as we move to a new facility. If you guys haven't seen a building going up on Gender Road, it's always exciting. I know you're probably, some of you are probably like, do we have to clap for this every time we mention it for the next eight months? You don't have to, but there's a lot of people who are excited about it because of the vision that we have. It's not about the building. Please know my heart. It's about the people and the, that we're bridging a gap for them to come to Christ as we move into it. That's what we really get excited about. And we're talking about how as a family we are invested in it. And so I want to say if you're new, I don't want you to feel like, wow, we just walked into something. Because we're talking about how we're supporting this vision. 
And so I just want to encourage you, if you're brand new, don't, don't feel any pressure in that regard. Just, but I would encourage you to open your eyes, listen, because this church, we have a vision. We're going somewhere. We don't just do church. We believe here that we are the church and that we're called to take the message of hope to the world. That means we don't just sit in comfortable spaces, but we'll step out of our comfortable spaces so that we can go into new spaces so we can expand territory and we can reach more people with the gospel. And, and so what we're doing as a church, and listen, if you weren't here last week, I just want to ask, I want to beg, would you go back some point this week and watch last week's message? N not because I feel like what I had to say was so like insightful, but because I share in more detail what our heart is behind doing this and why this next year is going to be one of the most significant steps of faith we've ever taken as a church. And I'd love for you to go here. In fact, if you missed any of it, uh, on your way out, you could ask for it. We have these books. We handed them out last week. And these books talk about these steps. And so I can't go into it every week. But I, I just, I want you to know what we're leading up to. Okay, I don't want this to be a surprise. That something we do every year around here as a church family at Christmas time is we love to take up an end of the year offering. Now, you may notice in our church, we don't pass the buckets every single week. We, we give, people give. We have boxes where you can. There's only a couple times a year, maybe once, where we invite you to step into something beyond what you normally do. Okay? And that's coming up December 12th and 15th. We're going to do an end of the year offering. We do this every year. It's tradition. And we believe this, that Christmas time is a season of giving. I know you know that because you've got a lot of people you've got to give presents to. And we say, let's not ignore the reason we have this season, that God in his love for you sent his one and only son. Jesus loved you so much he gave. God loved you so much he gave Jesus. And so we say this is our way of honoring that, giving back and for expansion and outreach for the next year. But what I'm going to invite us to do as a church, and this is the step of faith, and we don't do this all the time, but for us to step into this new facility that we're going to be moving Lithopolis to, i got to say this because we, we hear every time we talk about a new location in Canal Winchester, everybody at our Lancaster location starts to freak out and go, does ours going away? Are we moving to Canal Winchester? No. Lancaster, we believe that we want to be in Lancaster for as long as we can, as long as we've got a building, because we believe what God is doing there is significant as well. It's just our Lithopolis family is moving to Canal Winchester. It's not that far from here, so don't freak out, okay? And, and so I'm inviting our church, and this is free will. This is when we go free will offering. Would you consider to make a commitment for this next year to give above what you normally do? And some of you, may, maybe you've never really stepped into giving. I'm going to challenge you. Maybe this is the time to do that. And some of you that give a tithe, maybe I'm going to call and ask you, say, would you consider giving above that for one year to bridge the gap? Why? Because we have two mortgages right now. We have one in Lithopolis and one in Canal Winchester paying. We've got all these expenses, and, and we're doing this not for ourselves, but like I said, for the community God's called us to reach. And so I believe in the vision. I believe in the cause. I really do. Maybe you don't, but I'm telling you, I believe in it with every fiber of my being. But here's what I have found. You're going to discover this in life. That when there is a great cause, okay, a great vision, there's always a great need that goes with it. And, and let me just tell you, where there is a great cause that stirs your heart, there's going to be a great need that's going to also challenge you. And what it will create is a tension inside of you. I want to speak 
to this tension that is inside of us because I know that whenever a pastor talks about vision and talks about steps and talks about giving, that let's be honest, in the church there's a little bit of, oh, it gets uncomfortable. Oh, why are we talking? I don't like talking about this. I don't like dealing with this. And let me just tell you what you're feeling is a tension. I'm not going to ignore it. In fact, if you ever stick around here long enough, you'll know I actually like to lean into your greatest tensions. That's what I do. Um, because that's what God does with us. There's, let me show you what this tension looks like. This is real, okay? I get it. You probably feel it. It's like every time that, that, that dang commercial with those pitiful, adorable puppies that are locked in cages shows up on your TV, and Sarah McLaughlin's in the arms of an angel is playing as the sound. You know what commercial I'm talking about? And everything inside of you, you're like, oh, the puppies, I got to rescue all the puppies. And you're looking at your spouse and you're saying, we're going to adopt 25 puppies this season. And your spouse is looking at you and saying, I'll divorce you if you do that. I'm talking about that kind of tension. You know where you're stirred inside, you're like, oh, I want to save all of them. And you go, yeah, but I don't want another dog. They make messes. I can't handle this. I'm speaking to that tension today because I pray that you see the cause, the cause of Christ in this community. I pray that it stirs your heart. And I believe for many of you, like me, because this is the way I feel, that I, I want to do something to help those who are hurting. I don't know about you, but that's the way I feel. I imagine you do too. I want to do something to help people who are lost and, and feel aimless in life and spiritually restless. I, I want to be a part of good, don't you? I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I, I want to know that my life is going to matter for more than just me when I'm dead and gone. I just want to believe that I'm a part of something bigger. And I believe that you feel that way too. But at the same time, I got to be honest with you, I've also got attention because as a Christ follower, I want to see the church expand, not for the church's sake, but for Jesus' name. I, I want to see his kingdom expand. I want to see the broken find hope. I want to see all of that, and I want to give to it. But at the same time, I got a lot of things I want to do at home. I'm talking about that tension. Like, I want to give to the work, but I also, man, I got to give a lot of presents this season. Every year, my wife and I, we go through the list of all the people and I swear every year she just keeps upping the amount for everybody every single year. Does your spouse do that at all? Yeah, I got a few people shaking heads. Like every, I'm like, whoa, what? Man, we, we're going to take out a mortgage for Christmas. That's what it feels like sometimes. I guess what I'm saying is recognize this tension. I want my life to be about a bigger purpose than just me. But I do have some things that I want to do. I do have some places I want to go. Some of you would say, I do have some things that I want to buy. I do have some things I want to enjoy. And I get that. And so I just, I don't want to ignore it. Let's talk about this tension. Because I wish that I had limitless funds, don't you? How many of you wish you could stroke a check today to pay for every single thing the church needed? You would, you're like, if I had the ability to do that, Pastor, I would, I know you would. All right? I know you, I wish, but here's the thing I found. Money is no object for God. Can I be honest with you? It's an object for me. I wish I had limitless funds. And I am praying, because some of you, I know you have that deep inside. You're like, oh, I want to pay for everything. And so I am praying that you will hit the lotto. I know you're buying extra tickets, and I'm just praying that God would bless you in that way. I am, but, but let's be honest. There's a tension because I don't have limitless funds. 
So I'm trying to find, like, where, how does this work in this tension? Can I just say how thankful I am that Jesus actually speaks to this tension? I don't want you to come to church and hear my words. I want you to hear his words because Jesus, he, he kind of, he's that kind of preacher that just gets right into your business. He just kind of got, oh, you don't like that? I'm going to go right in there. I just want to deal with that tension. And Jesus shared something in one of his famous sermons, uh, Matthew chapter 6, that I want to read to you today. If you've got your Bible, Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. This is a passage that if you've been around church, I bet you've heard. I, I bet you've heard this passage numerous times. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. And can I just say that sometimes we'll come to church, and today my goal is not to, to show you something new, but it's to remind us of something that Jesus said. Sometimes you don't need anything new. Sometimes what we need is reminded. In Matthew 6, 19 through 21, I want to remind us of Jesus' words speaking into this tension. Here's what he said. He said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures where? On, come on, say it again, on on earth, okay? Where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But instead, he says, lay up for yourselves treasures where, everybody say it, in, in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21 is an epic verse. You've probably heard it before. Jesus said this, for where your treasure is, I want everybody to say the rest with me, there your heart will be also. Uh, this is a very well-known passage that Jesus speaks to this tension we feel. That's the tension between heaven and earth. It's the tension inside you. When you see a cause and a need, there's a tension there. And Jesus speaks right in like a financial planner. Let me ask a quick question at both locations. I just want you to show of hands. How many of you have ever sat down and talked with a financial planner? Raise your hand if you have. Okay, all right, some of you have. All right, some of you have. Uh, a lot of you have not. Can I ask a question? Why not? I'll tell you why. For the same reason that I have not sat down with a financial planner. Okay, let me tell you why. It's not because I'm, I'm not trying to be wise, okay? It's not because I'm not thinking about my retirement. But the reason why I don't want to sit down with a financial planner and why many of you said you don't want to sit down with a financial planner, okay, is because you don't want to hear what they have to say, do you? You know that if you sit down and talk to a financial planner, that they're going to look at you, this is what they all say, and they're going to say, you need to start what? Saving more money. I don't hear that. That's the last thing I want to hear. Now, let me just say this. Jesus shows up, steps out of his Merrill Lynch office to a, to a crowd of people, and he begins to speak as a financial planner. This is Jesus wearing the financial planner hat, if you wondered. And he's speaking to something that all of us believe in, that, that he's giving us insight and truth into something all of us believe. He's not talking about the kind of financial planning you do so that when you're 62 years old that you can quit your job and you can just kind of enjoy the rest of your life. That's not the kind of financial planning he's talking about, you should know. What Jesus is talking about is something that 99%, I'm going to say 99%, of all of you probably believe he's really talking about eternity. How many of you believe in eternity or heaven? How many? Raise your hand if you do. 
I know that most, I'm not going to say all. In fact, I just got done talking to a, a guy that comes to our church, been coming for a while. He told me, he said, I'm an agnostic. I said, that's awesome. I'm glad you're here. Can I just say, if you might be here and say, I don't believe in God or I'm not sure, and I'm not sure that I believe in heaven, can I just say this to you, that you are welcome here, that we say we don't have to believe the same to belong in one community together. And so I just want to say, keep coming back. Man, we love having you. Maybe you'll get something out of it. But can I tell you this one truth? Here's what 100% of us all believe. Because even if you're not sure and you don't believe in it, I can guarantee this, 100% of us want it to be true. Even if you say, I, I, I'm not sure I believe in God. I can tell you this, you want to believe. You want to believe that there's a heaven. And so Jesus steps into this situation and, and he's speaking to something so critical, so important, okay? He's stepping into uh, talking about financial planning. Not in this life, but for eternity. I want you to think of Jesus in that regard. And here's the thing, okay? Most of us, we don't like this passage, let's be honest. Just like we don't want to talk to a retirement planner. And here's the thing. I believe in eternity. Just like you said you believe in eternity. Here's the sad thing. Most of us believe in it. We just don't live like it. Oh, did I step on your toes? I'll back up a little bit. My bad. Like, I believe in retirement. I just don't always live like it's going to happen. I want it to happen. But I don't always live like it's about to happen. And so Jesus steps in and, and he says to us, okay, and he says, listen, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Don't, don't store up treasures. Don't lay up treasures on earth. Some of you be here today and you say, well, that's fine. I don't mind him saying it because I don't have a lot of treasures. I got you. I got you. When I was a kid, um, that's the way I felt. And my brother and I, we, we didn't store up or lay up treasures, but we did try to dig them up. I don't know if any of you have ever tried to find buried treasure. Any of you did? My brother got this thing. I, I, I wanted to get out and show you. I brought this. My brother got one of these when he was a kid. You all know what this is? If, it, if you know it, say it out loud. What is it? A metal detector, right? My brother got one of these when we were kids. He's a little older than I am. And uh, we wanted so badly to find buried treasure. Uh, how many of you own one of these? Raise your hand. Just uh, Okay, good. Not too many because I, I didn't want to say too much to offend you. Um, but my, my brother, he, he, he had one of these. And so I remember we would go outside at our house in Whitehall and drift and drive. And we would look for buried treasure. I don't know if there would be buried treasure in Whitehall, but... We, we would look for buried treasure, and so he would walk around the yard, okay, with this. And, and you know how it makes that noise, it's like beep, 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 beep. And then when you come across a metal, it gets a little faster, beep, 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 ooh, ooh. beep, 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 right? And so he would go around and try to find metal treasure, and I would dig it up. I was the digger. That's my job. I was trying to lay claim to something on our property. And I remember one time we went to the beach when he had one of these. Have you ever seen people at the beach, the weirdos at the beach that are all trying to find? I, I, don't, I don't mean to offend you if you, you like doing that. I go to relax. But, but he, he, he would go out there and he would do the same thing across the sand. It would be like beep, 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 beep. And we go dig it up and it was, oh, a can of Coke. Who cares? Beep, 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 beep. Oh, a piece of sunglasses. You know, we, we would go around and we never found anything of value. We just never did. 
But we were always searching. We were always looking. Can I just say something to all of us here today? And I'm not talking about metal detectors now. Do you know that most of us are going through this life with treasure detectors inside of us? And we're trying to find real treasure and we're trying to find it here in this life? Most of us, we're doing it. And we don't realize it, but we're just, we're trying to find treasure. I just want to hit it. And so we're looking for a treasure in our career. We're like, oh, I want this. Oh, that job is, ooh, beep, beep, beep. Oh, they make pay a lot of money. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, I want a job title. Beep, beep. I want to be in charge. Beep, 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 beep. And we're trying to find some kind of treasure in our, in our careers. We're, we're trying to find treasure, uh, treasure in the perfect house. Yeah, our house isn't big enough. It's not nice enough. We don't have enough property. We're not far enough out of the city. And so what are we doing? We're searching. We're trying to find the one dime. And we finally can get the beep, beep, that perfect house. And it's beep, beep. It's got all kinds of space. Beep, beep. It's got a theater room in the basement. Beep, beep, beep. It's got a swimming pool. Beep, 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 beep. beep. Oh, we found the perfect house. We're trying to look for treasure. I, I want the perfect family. And you know what I mean? And so we're trying to all look at our kids and we're going to have them wear the cutest little clothes. Beep, beep, beep. And we're going to stick their pictures on Instagram. Beep, 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 beep. So everybody thinks we're their greatest parents in the world. Beep, 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 beep. You know what I'm talking about? We're looking for treasure. I want to go on nice trips. Beep, beep, beep. I want to go to Fiji one day. Beep, beep, beep. I want to go to Hawaii one day. Beep, beep. And we're trying to find treasure in this life. And Jesus didn't say that it's bad. Please hear this. He didn't say those things are bad. They're not. He didn't say that they're, they're wrong. But the question that he asks, he says, well, what do you treasure? And I think that's a great question for us today. What do you treasure? Because the reality is whatever you treasure, that's what you give yourself to. What do you treasure in this life? And I'm so convicted by this. I've got to be honest with you. Because... If you ask me what I treasure, a lot of times it's those things that I feel like I want that'll make me happy. It's a big retirement so I can retire early. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, that'll make me happy one day. I want to be able to go on these kind of trips. Beep, beep, beep. I don't know about you, but what do you treasure? You know what most of us treasure? We treasure what brings us the most joy. Most of the time, it's what money can buy us. If you don't believe me, read this whole chapter in context. You'll know that Jesus is actually talking about money, possessions, things that we store up, save up. You realize today we live in bigger homes than ever. We have garages that are bigger than ever. You know what I found? Most people can't even park their car inside their garage because it's full of so much treasure. I had to, I had to catch myself there. I almost said stuff. Let me, let me tell you something. Jesus is not saying those things are wrong. Please hear me today. Because the last thing I, I want you to do is come here today and, and misappropriate what Jesus was saying. He wasn't saying that having a nice car is bad. It's, he's not. He's not saying having a nice home is bad. And he's not saying being able to go on nice trips, be able to retire at 62, wouldn't that be amazing? He's not saying those things are wrong. Don't get me, please don't read that into it when he says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. That's not what he's doing, okay? What Jesus is doing is he's trying to deal with a mindset that we have. In fact, I, I need to also say this. Let me tell you this. He's also not saying that you shouldn't save money. That's not what he's saying, because there's other things in Scripture that tell us that, that that is not what he's saying. And because, please, I, this happens all the time. 
I hear from people when they regurgitate my message back to me, and I think, how did you get that? The last thing I want you to do is go back to your spouse and say, well, Pastor Tim said that Jesus said that we aren't to save up money, so let's not save it. Let's spend it all. That is not what Jesus is saying here. Can I tell you what he's doing? He's trying to deal with a mindset that most of us live with that is so temporary and so finite that we're obsessed with here and now that we forget about him and later. He's trying to deal, this is the tension we live with. Whereas a Christ follower that I, I'm thankful for his blessings. By the way, when you have all that nice stuff, you ought to stop on a week of Thanksgiving if you don't do it any other time and give thanks to God for the blessings that he's poured out into your life. You know, this ought to be the one week that says, God, I'm thankful for the home I have. I'm thankful for the finances I do have. I'm thankful for the car I get to drive because most people don't. He's not saying that, that the blessings come from the hand of God. That's not what he's saying. He's dealing with this mindset where we get so lost in this world that we forget about the next. We get so focused on right now that we're not thinking about our eternal retirement, but we're thinking of right now. And so Jesus is not working against you. Please don't hear that. He's not trying to, okay, take away your fun. You got to live poor like a pauper. That's not what he's doing. What Jesus is doing is he's trying to actually work with you and save you from a lot of heartache. That's why he said, don't store up for yourselves, lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. Can I tell you, every great thing that you get so excited to buy, eventually you'll probably throw away. I can't tell you how often my wife comes to me and says, you need to get rid of clothes out of your closet. Uh, what, what is that person, Maria Condor, uh, what, what's, that, what's, her, what's that girl's name that Maria, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what her name is, but she's like, if it don't bring you joy, get rid of it. That, you know what I'm talking about, that person? My wife tries to get me to do that every week in my closet. And I'll look at stuff that I paid good money for and go, I am never going to wear that. Moss might not eat a hole in it, but I ain't going to wear it anymore. And you can be so excited about the new car that you get. There's nothing like the smell of a new car. And then five years later, you're like, gosh, this old piece of junk. I just need to get something else. Or by the way, he, he warns us because you can make millions and in the market, and that's great. You can also lose millions in the market. I learned what Jesus was saying true the hard way. When I was in my 20s, I was working with this guy at, at the office, and one day he was telling me about this friend of his, a family friend who was an investment planner. And he said, my, my buddy, we've known him for his family, he'd known him for, forever. He said, dude, he is killing it. He has his own personal investment. There's not all these fees and all this stuff. And he was, and he was showing me his statements. Now, here's what he was doing. He was showing me his statements, and he said, that this guy, he knows how to play the market. Smart. And said, he's making between 10 and 12% per month. Some of you thought I was going to say per year. Per month. Because you were like, oh, that's not that. Per month. Now, if you do the math real quick, in a year... That's at least 100% return. And my eyes lit up when he told me this. 
I'm starting to think, okay, because I can kind of do the math, and I'm like, doing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so rich. I'm going to retire by the time I'm 29 years old. I was so excited about this. I'm telling my brother. I'm telling my parents. I'm like, dude, I've got the surest bet you could ever imagine. Even when the market goes down, he's bringing in money, and he's, my friend's showing me statements, and I'm sending them to my, fr my family, and I'm like, oh, we got to go in on this. And so we're putting all the money we have in our savings in this investment. My parents did, my family, I mean, they, together we had at least 10,000 with all of us putting money into it. And, 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 and I'm thinking, this is the greatest thing ever. I was so excited about it. Can I tell you this? And I'm not real excited to tell you this part, but I was so excited about it. I was about to take out a second mortgage on my house so that I could invest it in the market. Can I tell you right now, that is really stupid advice. Don't ever, ever borrow to invest in the market. Can I get a witness from anybody who knows what I'm talking about? Do not do that, okay? And, and so I didn't. We invested all in the first couple months. We're getting back statements. I'm like, oh, 8.5%. You've got to be kidding me. Look at what this is awesome. If I can get more money, I'll put more into it. And then about three months go by, and I don't get a statement. And another month goes by, and no statement. So I fire off an email and, uh, to them. I'm like, hey, hey man, I, I didn't get a statement. Did you just miss me or? And then another month goes by, my brother's calling me. Hey, that guy you work with, it's his friend. Can you ask him? Like, I, I've been able to get my, you know. And, and so I asked my buddy at work. I'm like, hey, what? Have you heard from him? Like, if you get in a statement, he was like, yeah. I've been sending him text messages and he won't respond. Long story short, the guy had a gambling addiction. He lost, I think, somewhere around two and a half million dollars of invested money from all over at the, the casinos and the horse, the horse track. And in a second, everything we had was gone. So I learned the lesson the hard way, something that Jesus said almost 2,000 years ago before we had the stock market. He said, where thieves can come and steal your money. And so Jesus' point is this. He's not saying you shouldn't save. He's not, don't, don't apply this. Okay, we should never do it in the stock market. He's not saying that. Here's what Jesus' point is today. He said, the truth is, it all, everything you see around you, it all remains here. You can't take it with you. You ever heard someone say that? Preacher's favorite line. You can't take it with you. You might as well leave it behind you. you, know, you it, the truth is this. You don't take it with you. I don't care how nice your house is. Guess what? You don't get to take it with you. I don't care how much money you have in your portfolio. You got to leave it behind. It doesn't matter. I mean, I mean have, you ever, have you ever seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul? No. That doesn't happen. You cannot take it with you. And so what Jesus is leaning into us in this tension, what he's saying is this. Can, if you would be wise and think about eternity for just a moment, he said, instead, what you ought to do is you ought to store up, lay up treasures for yourself. Where? Where did he say? In, in heaven. Store it up in heaven. Now, I'll be honest with you, a long time ago, and when I signed up, because God called me to be a preacher, I knew there would be things I wouldn't quite understand. And, and I remember reading through this passage, thinking to myself, all right, God, I mean, if you could just tell me the account number for my eternal retirement plan, give me the routing number, I'll put a direct deposit every single week into it so I can start. But it doesn't work like that. And so 
One time I was asking God, I was just, I said, God, help me understand this. What, what do you mean by lay up treasures in heaven? Because I, I don't even understand how to do that. And then when I was asking him, it dawned on me. At least this was my revelation. When I think about this life and I think about all that we have and experience, I realize that there's only one thing that is designed in this life to experience the next. There's only one thing. And, and all the things we have, and, and everything we have, God's created for us, and it's wonderful. And, but there's only one thing that God created, because trees, they, they grow up, they eventually die. Okay, we see the circle of life, it happens here. But there's one thing that God created that was intended for the next life as much as it was for this one. Do you have any idea what it was? It's you. It's me. It's mankind. The only part of God's creation that he said, let us make mankind in our image. And in the image of God, he made them male and female. The only part of his creation that was made to mimic an eternal God was people. Was you and me. You know what I believe is maybe the greatest investment that we can make in this life. It's not in a 401k. It's not a certain mutual fund. It's not even in your house. And I know it might be an appreciating asset. It's not even a real estate property. The best investment that you and I could make in this life is in people. Do you agree with that? Come on, it's people. I, I just believe this. Parents, the best investment you can make for your children is what you deposit into them of your faith, not just what you give them financially. People, man, that's what matters. Can I tell you what matters to God? People. Can I tell you what God has created when he breathed into you? He put his spirit, his eternal spirit inside of you so that you can live for all eternity. And can I tell you that the reason why we are building a facility in Canal Winchester and who knows what's beyond that is not for ourselves, but it is for the people that God is calling us to reach. If there's any kind of investment that I feel is worth making, it's for people. It's people, people that matter. That's why we've got this thing coming up called Hope Day. Have you seen us talking about Hope Day? Have you signed up for Hope Day? You ought to sign up for it. Every holiday season, we do something as a church to say, let's go beyond the walls of our church. What does it look like, those of us that have received hope through Christ, to take that hope to those who haven't? What does it look like for us to sow seeds of hope into a community that doesn't have hope? People that are hurting. We live in a dark world. People's lives are dark. And the light of men, who is Jesus, that has pierced our hearts, is something that we're called to carry and to sow into those around us. We don't just like to talk about having church. We talk about being church here. And what does that mean? We're going to take the message of hope to the community around us. And so Hope Day is an opportunity... For us to get outside the walls, we've got all kinds of things happening for both locations where you can help us go into our communities and just serve and show the love of God this Christmas season. Can I ask what matters more? The gifts that you give or receive that so easy to forget. Most of us can't even remember what we gave or what we got five years ago. But if I could just encourage you, there's one thing that we could do as a community. Let's go sow hope into the community. Sign up and be part of it. L let's go do this.
Because I believe that when we sow hope, when we say around here, people are our purpose. They matter to God, they matter to us. Come on, if people matter to God, shouldn't they matter to you? Does your family matter to you that don't know Christ? How about your friends? Do you have neighbors, classmates and coworkers, people that you know, that you care about, that don't know Christ, that their eternity is not secure? Jesus says, can I just get you for a moment in this tension you feel? To not think about this life, but think about the next. And one thing that we don't talk about very much in the church, but I felt like it was appropriate to mention, is that Jesus actually promises us a reward when we sow hope into those who don't have it. He promises a reward. So how do I store things up in heaven? Do for people what, you would, what no one else would do. Do you know what Jesus said? When you love and bless somebody that hates you, that there is a reward for you in heaven for that. That's how you store it up. When you do something for someone else that doesn't have the means to do for themselves, you're storing up a treasure in heaven. When we as a church do something for those that would be considered the least in our society, can I tell you something? Jesus said there's a reward in heaven for it. And I want you to know that when you give, when you serve, when you love, when you go beyond yourself, when you don't make it about yourself, can I tell you this, that when you invest in people that you don't lose anything? I think it feels a lot of times that when we give something away that we lose it. But you need to understand when it comes to the kingdom of God, when you give something away, you don't lose it, you store it up. There's an eternal reward. Jesus says, can I talk to you about your eternal retirement plan? There's a reward for it. And I would hate that I could go through this life, live my life so comfortable, enjoy every bit of it, and never realize or that there is buried treasure right in front of me. I wonder how often we don't realize there's buried treasure all around us. Like my brother and I going around in our neighborhood looking for buried treasure. And it seems like, I mean, you guys laughed. You gonna find buried treasure right here? I wonder if there's more buried treasure around us than we realize. There's a, a fascinating story of a couple in California in 2013. They owned this property. They owned it for a while. It's in a rural part of California. And one day they're out taking their dog on a walk. It's just them and their dogs walking on their property. And their dog goes over to this area and begins to sniff and dig. Something metal was sticking up. Metal detector. It was a dog's nose that time. And the dog goes over and begins to dig around this. And so, so they go over and they start to dig up this old, old metal can. Rusted can. It was super heavy. And they finally get it out of the ground. When they get out of the ground, they look inside and it's filled with gold coins. On their property, gold coins. Ah, can you imagine that they went back to that site and kept digging some more? You would have too. They ended up finding eight old cans completely rusted out, all filled with gold coins. This was in 2013. It's one of the biggest finds in the United States that we found in a long time. 2013, inside of this, there were gold coins from the mid-1800s, most believed from the gold rush to California, okay? And they, these gold coins, just the denomination on the coins themselves were worth almost $30,000. That was back then. Do you have any idea what those gold coins were worth today? They took and they were able to sell them off and it netted them about $11 million dollars. 
How many of you going out and buying a metal detector? Start looking around your property tomorrow. Hello. What if there's a greater treasure than that right in front of us or underneath our feet and we don't even realize it? Let, let me close with this one verse in Matthew 13, verses 44. Jesus shared this one verse that was a parable that I believe speaks to what God wants to release in our hearts. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like what? Everybody say it out loud. Is like it's treasure. Here, if you want, I want heaven in my life. I want the kingdom of God in my life. Here's what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found that he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. I don't know why he was digging in somebody else's field. Somebody gave him a treasure map. But let me just tell you the point of this story that Jesus is saying is that when we finally get the right perspective to understand what real treasure is, he says, what's the real treasure in this life? We will actually release all those other things that we thought was treasure so that we can get the one thing that's going to bring the greatest joy into our lives. Can I just tell you today that I believe that what we're going to find on that site on Gender Road is a treasure unlike anything we've ever found. And I'm not talking about gold coins. I'm not talking about digging for oil. I'm telling you that what we're going to find when we get there is we're going to find some young people that are going to meet the author of hope who's going to completely change their lives. We're going to see people when they encounter the presence of God that their life is going to be changed forever. We're going to find married people who are struggling in their marriage that God is going to heal them. We're going to see addicts that are going to be set free by the power of God. I'm here to tell you there's buried treasure on that piece of property on Gender Road and I believe that if we as a church will go all in and we'll say I want that treasure. I want to see eternities change. I want to see family safe. I want to see the world change for Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, something with joy is going to be filled up inside of us. Come on, if you're not standing, stand up with me. I'm going to close. Stay standing. Stay standing. We're closing. I'm saying this because I, I, want, to, I want the words of Jesus to resonate in my heart. Because he said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Can I ask a question for you to process? And, and I, I, I pray that the Spirit of God would actually lead every one of us on how to respond to this because I don't know what that looks like. I don't know that God's asking me to sell my house and move into a small apartment, downsize. If God speaks that to you, then I would respond. I, I haven't heard that from Him. But I don't, I don't know how God wants to deliver this to you but I, I think the one question he has for all of us is where is your treasure where is it and only you can answer that only I can answer for, for God when it comes to that but Jesus does want us to understand that wherever your treasure is that thing that you value more than anything else he says that's where your heart is they're eternally linked and I know what I want. This is that tension. I want my heart to be fully his. I want to want the things that his heart wants. And so I got to fight this tension. I got to fight it. And I pray that maybe God would do something in us through this season. 
that we would know what is real treasure. And so let's pray, both our locations. Will you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. Father, we come to you right now. And I pray, God, that there's not a heaviness on this message, that there's no condemnation, God. We're in this journey, and we're all dealing with this tension. And so, God, I'm asking right now for you to, God, reveal to each and every one of us what does it look like for us to think heavenward, to not just think about this life. God, thank you for your blessings. As we prepare for Thanksgiving, God, I want to just be grateful for what I do have. But I also don't want to hold on to something in this life that causes me to miss something for eternity. So God, as you've called our church to take heaven to Canal Winchester in central Ohio, God, I believe right now that we're going to experience buried treasure in that place. Eternity's changed forever. Listen, as we're praying at both our locations, still praying, I, I don't want to speak about eternity without giving someone here an opportunity to make sure that yours is secured with Jesus. The truth is Ecclesiastes 3 says that God placed eternity in the hearts of all mankind. And so whether you came here believing in God or not, I, I know this, you want to believe in something. And I just want to tell you that God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to take your place and my place for all the things that we've committed that separate us from God. And Jesus wants you to know that he is the way back to the Father. There is no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And some of you here today, maybe what, what is pressing on your heart is the Spirit of God, and he's He's wanting to lean into you today to say, I want to offer you the free gift of salvation eternity in heaven. But here's the thing, you got to receive it. It's just like this Christmas, when someone offers you a gift, it's great, but until you unwrap it and you take it, it does you no good. Can I ask you today, maybe some of you here today, say, I need to receive this. I want to walk with Christ. I want him to save me of my sin. I want to know that my eternity is secure at both our locations. If that's you, you really feel the presence of God right now, maybe for the first time, or maybe you've walked away from God, and today it's a, a, a time to decision, to, to recommit, say, I'm coming home to the Father through Jesus. If that's you today, would you just, no one look around, would you just lift your hand up right now, just hold your hand up high with me for a second, praise God. Any others, any others of you today, praise God, there over you, over here. Any others of you in Lancaster, would you just lift your hand up high, if that's you today. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Come on, I want to pray right now with those of you that just raise your hand. Say to me today, that's me. If that's you today, would you just pray this prayer with me? You just say, Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me, coming to life so that I can live. And so in this moment now, I surrender it all to you. God, thank you for giving me the gift of eternity. Today I receive it. And I want to follow you for the rest of my life. So fill me with your spirit so that I can follow you for the rest of my days. We pray all these things together in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, let's just praise God for those today just choosing him today. Amen.